This song is so my senior year of high school. (laughs) (laughs) Not even funny. Yes, this is Lose My Breath as performed by Myron on the show. Uh, So the big takeaway from this episode, I think I know all of the 3.0's names now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they kept bringing them up. I'd be like, which one's that? Okay, okay. Madison Mason. Madison. uh, I was going to say Melanie. A Broderick. A Jane. Spencer. then Then you also have Spencer... And who's the new kid? Myron. I don't know. Oh, the other new kid. Number eight. Oh my gosh, they just added another new kid. I have no idea what his name is. Adam's apples. Uh, that's what I'm going to call him. He looks just like Adam. No, he doesn't. He looks just like Adam. He doesn't. He, <laughs> no, he doesn't. Look, he, doesn't. he doesn't look not like him. No, but he doesn't Jennifer, look like him. They all look alike. No. And by that, I mean pretty white kids. Pretty white boy. <laughs> no, he, uh, the other one was definitely more uh, Irish. Okay. Oh, I agree with that. Yes. I agree with that. Uh, You can find us online. You can find us on the Twitters at uh, Gleeful Podcast. I'm at Josh Brunell. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. Jennifer. Joshua. How are you? I'm really well. How are you? (laughs) You're very well. I'm glad. Uh, Ed, how are things in Indiana? Things are going pretty good. Um, Right now, I'm in the middle of edits from my editor for my story that I'm publishing hopefully soon. And I have a cover that I've got from my from my cover designer. I'm very excited about it. Oh, that's very cool. Congrats. Good for you. I know it's, it's gonna, it's hopefully gonna go live soon so I can capitalize on uh, like Lee's full podcast uh, pop- popularity, <laughs> but it probably, but no, it only took me six years to finally put together something. <laughs> it's a short story. <laughs> that's awesome. No, congratulations. Hey, that's fantastic. Uh, so this week, I went back and I listened to a whole bunch of Gleeful. Oh, God. Back, and I listened to the first episode. I tweeted a little bit about it because in the first episode, uh, you can hear uh, Jennifer is not on the podcast. Uh, Ed and I, it's just Ed and I. Um, and there's a lot of conversation about um, what the show is going to be. We are so hopeful. It's like listening to children. It's like babes <laughs> in the woods who just see nothing but joy uh, in, in everything. And it's adorable <laughs> to listen to us. And then I actually got a couple episodes a little later on where we were uh, still doing the Glee project. And I realized I had totally forgotten that that happened. Mm. <laughs> that there were two seasons of it. 
um, two? So that was fun. Yes, there were only two. Was, there were two. Oh, okay. Uh, so yes, uh, it, it was quite fun to go back and listen to old school Gleeful. I will say, though, we're pretty good at this. That was my big takeaway oh, from okay. listening to Even old episodes of Gleeful. We're pretty good at this. Uh, so, so big ups for that. Um, and yes, as a, a very nice, nice listener, I believe Darren likes to point out to me on, point out to me on Twitter a lot. I laugh at my own jokes constantly, but let me tell you, somebody has to, we are here today to discuss the latest episode of Glee entitled child star. Fun fact, the performer who said, just sang that song, Myron, uh, I don't know what his actual name is. Uh, he's a kid. Oh, sorry, JJ Tota. Um, he was one one years old when that song came out. So let's all feel incredibly ancient. Uh, I'm gonna climb under the desk now. <laughs> let's go ahead, take around the room. Uh, this episode is entitled uh. "Child Star." It's actually directed by Michael Hitchcock, who is the coach of the Deaf Glee Club. We had him as a cop a few weeks ago. So this is his directorial directorial debut i'm sorry it's very late uh for josh and jen it is his directorial debut Dave. he's never directed anything before wait a second i thought it, so what has he written other episodes yes he's written many oh, episodes okay. yeah. Got it. he was really he was brought he on the big uh, first fleet of writers they brought in i mm-hmm. think the end of season three okay. um he was part of that when it was like still marty noxon was in that group <gasps> Wow. And uh, Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa, who I think is gone now. Uh-huh. Uh, I think Hitchcock might be the only one still there okay. from that original group. But anyway, Jennifer. Joshua. What did you think of the episode Child Star? Um, you know, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. They're, nah, this is a toughie. Buckle in. I know, right? No, no, no. Nothing, nothing horrible. Um, I thought it was fun enough, uh, pleasant enough, had some okay moments, but a lot of too little too late for me. Um, but I guess better than better late than never. <laughs> How's that for non-committal? Uh, Ed, what did you think of the episode Child Star? I, I'm going to say something that I have not said yet this season. Go on. Which I've always qualified every everything with a four season six Glee tag. But I'm going to say for Glee, this was an A episode. Wow. Not, not, not for season six, just for Glee. This this is, it makes me a little sad because this is, this is the 3.0s we could have had had the show been successful yes Yes. it had this is the 3.0s we could have had if we would have if glee would have made the right decision to let their birds free as they graduated high school (laughs) well i mean i think i think you kind of hit on uh what i think is both the success and the failure for me of this episode um for me the success of this episode is that i did think it was a really good episode and it was the first time we really spent any time with the 3.0s um on the other hand i felt that this is a really good not episode nine in a final 13 episode episode uh, it, it, the issue I had with it is that if this was like nestled into season four somewhere, uh, and we were just 
finally we were getting to spend some time with the 3.0s and holy crap we just added a kid to the glee club how crazy is that and uh oh my gosh will's gonna stand up to sue how fun is that like this is a real nice sliding into third base uh standing standing into third base episode in season four in season six episode nine where there's only what four left two more um two more no, there four more. There, there's, more? there's supposed to be 13 three this season. So this Sorry, is there's, nine. There's three more. Three more. Um, I couldn't. For me, this was just too little, too late. Uh, in that way. I mean, you're you're right. It's too little, too late. But as the episode as it was, I was just like, it just it made me so de- it made me so sad for the three point oh. And and I totally agree with that, Jennifer. And that's uh, exactly what I said <laughs> in a, a a stammering roundabout, non-committal way. There you go. Yeah, it, it is. It is a little sad because yeah. I think they deserve better. Uh, oh yeah. But now that they've actually shown up, I kept thinking like, oh, we're finally getting some time with the three point I'm. It's so cool to meet them. And then I realized there's four episodes left and or three episodes left, and uh, this um, uh, and the the trailer for next week's episode doesn't even mention their existence. So mm-hmm. it seems like we're going right back to that. I mean, I, I understand this is this is the Night of Neglect episode where, <laughs> where they give Tina and, and Mercedes a song. Like, yes, exactly. But but it, it, just, it just shows how good Glee could be with with these new characters. I think that's, that was the success of season one and two and three was the new characters and and they said they were they said it's season four the reason they did the split with rachel in new york and kurt in new york and the is because they were afraid that without both in the same show it would mean this that neither show would be successful Mm -hmm. but i think this proves like defiantly that if given the chance to create new and exciting characters without worrying about season four, or, I mean, without worrying about season one through three alumni, mm-hmm. they could have been successful. And it just, it, it's just frustrating seeing like that the, the Rachel, what if like, what if we were entering the third season of the Rachel Kurt in New York show? Like, what if that was like, that was the other, the spinoff show. That would be happening. very frustrating right now. Yeah. That would be extremely frustrating right now. I mean, I think, I I think I wanted them to stay with uh, McKinley, and I think at first glance I I didn't have as much interest or affinity um, for the 2.0s as I did for the 3.0s, and I don't know if it was just because um, after the 2.0s the 3.0s were so refreshing. I don't know if I would have had the same feeling if they followed immediately after the 1.0s. Who knows? But um, yeah, it's definitely. It's definitely um, bittersweet <laughs> seeing what would, could have been. Would, um, would you have enjoyed? I know this is obviously yeah. they would hopefully have stepped the writing somewhat, but mm-hmm. would people be more apt to enjoying the two point if we weren't like pigeonholing fifteen to twenty minutes of every episode on the on the New York storyline through season four? No, I don't. I don't think anything could have saved the two point personally. I think they I mean, just not I mean, were right for. Glee. They would hopefully they have given right it better bunch. writing, of course. Yeah, but is... so, but there you go. Like better writing would have had would have created different characters. Mm-hmm. So, it, so that's kind of like too far into speculation to really uh, debate. That's why I like spec fiction. Oh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> of course, you could say 
yes, better writing and better characters would have made a better season. Exactly. It's just <laughs> yeah. Well, then, there you go. And better <laughs> actors. We and we all agree. Yeah. We all and an entirely different arc. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it but. didn't quite work. <laughs> so yeah, this one. This one, but let's talk about what we have in front of us. Uh, so this... I want to I want to commend Glee for creating these two new characters that aren't we we discussed previously that it was going to be che- the cheerleader and various football players, but they they defied our expectations and gave us something new and refreshing. No, absolutely, so, we got a child then... and we got Nelson, and that's exciting. I actually did look up Nelson's name is Alistair. So okay. we now have Alistair and I, Myron. I, I, I okay, from the top. Alistair, Myron, Spencer, Madison, Mason, Mason, Jane, Roderick, 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 and Kitty, and Kitty. Thank you. I forget Kitty because she's a two point I know Kitty's a total two point And if you did, she's notice, like a two point five. If you noticed in yeah. their last performance. Which was adorable with all of them having fun in t-shirt and jeans again. Very reminiscent of season one. Old school. So old school. So fun. Four band members standing in the background that could just easily drop an instrument and, you know, kind of blend in <laughs> as the remaining 12. Well, they they did that in season three, right? When the Trouble Tones was it three or f- were competing and they needed to pat out the Glee Club, so yes, they just they picked the up the band. And that was the one time that... The, there's that one bushy-haired bass player that With had the, a lot of fans. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, yeah. It was cute. Had a fan following. He got one line yeah. in all the seasons. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, let's let's dive in a little bit. I suppose the main crux of this episode is centered around Myron. Uh, so Myron is Bill Beneke's uh, uh, nephew. <laughs> and two people Breaking got that. Bad. One of them's next to me. Uh, crush it. Yeah. Uh, and so it Myron, it is Bob Peterson. Uh, Bob so- Beneke. Bob Beneke? I thought it was Bill. Oh, anyway. Anyway, sorry. Uh, Myron. Myron is the Silver Fox's nephew. And yeah. uh, so oh, he yeah. wanted to put on the ultimate uh, bar mitzvah. And he drafted in the Glee Club. Actually, he drafted in Sue to help him and give him advice and mentor him. And Sue drafted in, uh, I-, I think, just technically Will and Rachel, right? Did you say mentor or menhor? I said mentor. What about Brody? I heard men whore. (laughs) Oh, well done, Ed. Wait, what? Uh, He said, what about Brody? Aww. He brought in the others to, uh, to, to mentor him. Uh, Now, a little bit about Myron. Uh, I, I, as soon as Myron showed up, I kind of was like, again, I really like this idea. I think this is a really absurd kind of like, like this is the Kurt 2.0. It's Gleetastic is what it is. It is Gleetastic. Exactly. And my only issue being that we're so far into the final season and so near the end that it is weird to bring in this new character in this Mm -hmm. kind of way. Um, But I did, you know, I thought, I thought Myron was kind of a silly energy and uh, I don't know the whole, the whole aspect behind this character is kind of like only on Glee. Mm -hmm. Does this work? And that's why I dug it. Jennifer thoughts on Myron. Well, yeah. And then also that we haven't had like a male who kind of took on the, the lead bitch role. Like he 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 walked in and he was lead bitch. <laughs> That's true. And he's all of four eight, and you know, as annoying as he could be, it's kind of hard not to smile at him. We're like, oh, you're adorable. It's also funny to see Sue like under someone's thumb, like <laughs> desperate for the yeah. approval of another character, which kind of never happens for yeah. Sue. Ed, thoughts on Myron? I love Myron. Like 
yeah, it's just it, he was great. I thought it was <laughs> he was gleetastic. He was mm-hmm. innovative, and and he put. Sue, I didn't even think about it, but now that you articulated it, I he put Sue in a place that we don't normally get to see, mm-hmm. and that that was that's what was great about. Uh, yeah. yeah, I loved it. I love him. He reminded me a little bit of myself. I was getting a little bit of flashbacks from my, from my Ed Foreman stakes. I was like, oh, yes. I wish I had that choreography when I was doing it. <laughs> well, and me. like six backup dancers and a full and band. I, I do have a few backup dancers. Don't, don't you? Hey, nicely done. Oh. Uh, yeah, so Myron was kind of added in. Uh, it was fun to see, see Sue kind of... Um, uh, running scared yeah. in her way and try and trying to please him, uh, and then Myron ended up drafting the others in, and they performed a big number at the end of the episode. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not that much to say about Myron, though. It is kind of fun. It's it's a different energy, mm-hmm. and it's a di- and it's really just silly, and that's kind of what I like. About yeah, it. it is. It's silly and absurd, but it, it yeah, it's here's another person who's. You know, so far out there and, you know, not the norm. And it's just kind of, you know, it's a fun energy. Totally. For the the group. Well, they all performed uh, the song Break Free, uh, which is, of course, Eric Grande. So here is a bit of Myron, Titi Tota, performing Mm -hmm. Break Free with, uh, I don't know, Sheldon and uh, Sam. Essentially the 2.0s. Plus, plus Rachel. Here, uh, here's a bit of break free on the Gleeful podcast. I can't pretend anymore. I only want to die alive. Never by the hands of a broken heart. I don't want to hear you lie tonight. Now that I've become who I really are. This is the part when I say I know I am. I'm stronger than. So uh, we do these we do these live podcasts on Google Hangouts on air. That's what they're called, the Hangouts on air. Mm-hmm. And then when the when we finish recording, uh, it is uploaded immediately to the YouTube's automatically, and then the YouTube's put it up in the tubes, and uh, people can stream it to their desktops. However, the Glee songs have recently gone into YouTube's. Um, big like like audio warehousing whatever where they when you upload a video they scan it for the presence of one of these songs and since all the glee songs recently got added to that database we get rejected every single time one of our episodes gets uploaded to youtube gets caught by one of these filters and and pulled automatically so you actually can't listen to us or you can't actually can't watch us on youtube usually now uh but i will say uh if you are listening or if you are watching live uh, six viewers. Uh, we are super entertaining. Whole different show. If you're we're, watching. we're adorable. <laughs> uh, so I think to me the most the most conflict most conflicted I felt in this episode was about Spencer. So Spencer is our uh, our super white, super bald, super gay football player. And Spencer on the one hand was giving Roderick a lot of crap. 
um, about, uh, I don't know, just, well, at first he was giving Roderick crap just for the sake of giving Roderick crap, I think. And then once he realized that uh, Roderick was friends with Alistair, uh, who Spencer had a crush on, um, then he became Roderick's best pal and was, and they, they, you know, they kind of had a little bit of a moment of friendship, so we say. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt, I don't, I just, this was just a strange plot line to me and I think not the least of it I don't think that uh I'm sorry Marshall what's his name uh Marshall and the the actor who plays Spencer um I don't think he's very good I I think he's he plays kind of like the big uh the big silly speeches you know the kind of insults I think he plays reasonably well um but I don't think he can sing or dance particularly well. And I just don't find him particularly captivating. And so he really lost me throughout this plot line. Um, Jennifer, how did you feel about Spencer and his pursuit of Alistair for this, well, this episode? I mean, I think the the thing that's... Um, I feel like, once again, we are kind of turning the tables. Like, we're used to the, you know, the, the bully being the jock. But the bully also being the underdog. But because this time the bully is a jock and is also gay, I think we're supposed to be, you know, conflicted by that and maybe not judge his bullying as hardly or or is is harshly. Sorry, it is a little late for me. <laughs> a little harshly. So it's kind of like we give him a pass because of his circumstances, right? Because you know he has these other struggles, and for that reason, but. You know, at the end of the day, he's basically called on just being a jerk. Like, it has nothing to do with, you know, this or that or that you're gay. And he's not bald. He's got a buzz cut and blonde <laughs> hair, Josh. Do you not see hair on that head? I don't. All I see is like an orb. Oh, sweetie. And you thought the dress was black and blue. <laughs> so, all I'm saying is I just think that this is another time that they're kind of like, they're 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 turning their tried and trues you know kind of on their ear and we're supposed to now like see this miraculous transformation it's like oh for the for the love of a cute boy with you know gorgeous hair he's now going to be a nice person i mean like 24-hour transformation and he's a good guy you know it took puck many seasons and many seasons of stumbling (laughs) to become a good guy yeah Sorry, I just I feel now? like I, my face is broken out in <laughs> in white and gold bruises after that move. <laughs> just a minute ago. Sorry, it could. <laughs> Ed, what did you think of Spencer? You're going to say what did you think of the dress? <laughs> yeah, Ed, what color was the dress? Uh, I Ed, don't comment on the dress. <laughs> what did you think of? <laughs> See, this is one of those episodes that, like, in ten years, somebody's going to listen back to it and be like, "What?" The- freak are they talking about one the i i the only way to avoid its popularity is to avoid talking about it right (laughs) that's my thought on that you just Um, must rob it of its power go ahead exactly power um i tried uh, that this what i I thought about spencer was that he it was he's it's not that he's i want to say that he's like uncomfortable in his own skin sort of not that he's uncomfortable with who with who he is just like it's like he projects who, this type of person, like the strong uh, gay man, and then not that he isn't confident. Well, maybe, maybe he isn't confident in that. That's that's what I that's what I felt. It was like he's he's conflicted. He's a deeper character than what meets the eye or something. 
Maybe that's what <laughs> I was thinking. Like he's a bully, but is he a bully out of some form of insecurity somewhere? And then that's and then like does he, like at what at, like what is motivating him to act tough? I feel like there's a darker story there that we'll never get to touch. Yeah, so yeah, I'm I mean, going to, so that's I'm, interesting. So I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that his stumbles are in character and not bad acting, but I'm. Uh, I see your point. I have a very difficult time judging if it's the actors or the writers with 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 these things because I'm like, well, do the writers want him to be like this? I, I I will agree with that. I don't think they're really giving Spencer the writers. I don't think are giving Spencer really that interesting of a character. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. uh, he's pretty hot and cold, and his ability to walk that line, you know, between um, uh, b- between being a jerk. And being somebody who's like overcompensating, I, I don't know that he's getting enough information to really walk that line. I, I don't even know if he knows. Um, the challenge I just have is, is you know, his whole like performance. I, you know, it's I don't know. Ed, like you guys can tell me I'm crazy, but um, I just don't think he's acting. I I just when he looks at Alistair. I don't think I don't see anything in his eyes that actually makes him want makes me believe. See, he wants I thought Alistair. the exact opposite. I was like, "Wow, he's really selling it." Like, oh him, wow! Because like I when like, I, I I know that like Darren Chris is a perfectly straight dude, but he looks when he looks at Kurt in a scene. I really buy the attraction and the chemistry between those two people. I don't get anything from between Spencer and Alistair. I mean, their kiss at the end of that episode was the most awkward thing. Well, Neither maybe, of them maybe, wanted to be yeah, there. Maybe, I guess there was there was a scene where he where Alistair wasn't in the frame but just Spencer was and he was like looking longingly and like that sold it to me. All right. Like, but maybe but he was probably just well no he wasn't probably he was actually just looking to a camera longingly. So <laughs> maybe um, he saw his own reflection. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Well, I mean, if it works, <laughs> I mean, than some people just put up a mirror. Oh, that's a pretty man. Yeah, I mean, the difference oh, okay. was every other time you see him, he's kind of scowling. And mm. when he was looking at Alistair, he was smiling and his face softened. I mean, there's times when he's performing and he's smiling and he's just got this, you know, brightness to him. And I, I find him kind of interesting. Right. Yeah, it's 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 interesting because a character like that who's such a kind of caricature against type. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a total caricature. It's just a caricature against what the current mm-hmm. archetype of a gay man should be on television. So playing a character, a caricature against type to actually mm-hmm. have to see him be genuine and real. And that's a pretty hard jump to make. And, and I think that it's a jump that Glee makes all the time. It's a, it's a jump that uh, uh, Jane Lynch has been pretty much, you know, even even she struggled well, to find I mean, the right balance for over the years. Season six Spencer is season two Santana, like, mm. and it it took her a while to become Santana. Like she just was such a fan favorite that she her character was given the room to grow. That's interesting. And, and I mean, season eight hypothetical Spencer would be much more fleshed out. That's it. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, you know, I could also argue that I always bought that Naya Rivera was genuinely attracted to um, to Brittany whenever they well, were yeah, but, but, but as a character, she was just she was just a bitch. Like that was that was it. Yeah, that's true. Well, we also had a lot more lead up. You know, we had a lot more yeah. of seeing them together as friends, <clears throat> and you know, being teased about you know their physical relationship, but without 
you know, like, are they or aren't they? And then, you know, they actually come out and talk about it and different things. So, I mean, like, we had a lot of lead time. And we also knew that there was more to come. And that is the hardest part with any of these characters because it doesn't matter really, you know, it, it it's there's there's going to be a resolution or an ending and mm. in most case in i imagine with most of them it's just going to be an ending yeah it's th- not really that's kind of, like the, we're just going to run out of time yeah. like we're not really going to see the full course of these characters we're just going to run out of time yeah um i mean also part of it too to talk a little bit about alistair um you know i other than like uh nelson Hare and playing the uke uh, playing him the uke in the choir room that he has no business being in uh, is super strange. Uh, but yeah, we don't really know anything about Alistair. So it, it was a, also a little hard to get a handle on just what yeah. um, just what Spencer saw in Alistair. Uh, you know, other than having gorgeous flowing locks, uh, you know. You can't fault that, but I don't know. I mean, did you guys? So, so Jennifer, like, the, was there any chemistry to you, or was it just did it work? It just worked. I mean, mm-hmm. again, I don't feel like there was enough build up, and I don't know either of them well enough to know if that's chemistry or, as you said, bad writing or bad acting or anything like that. But you know, I was I, I was happy to see a budding relationship and. You know, again, a miraculous turnaround, but it was nice to see, you know, somebody showing growth yeah, and, you know, becoming a good person for the sake of being a good person. And, you know, what he did for Roderick, you know, in the end, you know, realizing that, you know, there's the, you know, there's just, you know, being a tough jerk and actual tough love and the difference and actually supporting him in a way that enabled Roderick to achieve something and, and you could see, like, to me, that was the only time I really felt like he wasn't, like, he really, like, you really saw joy in his accomplishment in helping a friend. See, and for all my complaints about Spencer um, in in his uh, in his time with Alistair, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just going to call him Nelson. I know two people are going to get that joke, but I'm just going to call him Nelson. Uh, in, in all the time that we spent with, with Baldy and Nelson, um, I actually found that Spencer's time with Roderick to be much more effective. Yeah. Like their first time trying to climb the rope, mm-hmm. and then the second time when the, when he actually convinced Roderick to climb the rope for realsies. Um, that, to me, worked a lot better, See, and, and I really enjoyed that. Ed? I'm like the opposite. I did not... I, <laughs> Maybe maybe I've been too much in Roderick's shoes. I'm like I don't believe this. And I, Roderick was not climbing the rope the second time. I was mad. Oh no, was he like, wasn't climbing the rope. Oh, but no. you couldn't. That rope was so skinny. Like you could never climb that second rope. And he was wearing polyester head to toe. He would have slid right down. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Like really, we cannot. I mean. There's too little time to be poking holes and, you know. Yeah, that's true. Stuff like uh, that. I will say, though, because Joey's baby asked in the chat room, uh, hey, I can totally Jason. climb that rope. Uh, climbing the rope climb was the only athletic event I was ever any good at. Aww. So I can totally climb that rope. Uh, I can even do it without my legs. But if you use your legs, you do this like wrap thing with one leg and then you stamp on the other leg and you kind of push yourself up. So it's more of a leg workout than an upper body workout. Trust me, rope is super simple when you know how to do it. The only challenge with the rope is when you don't use your legs. That's another story. Uh, that's what they call a gymnast. We stick your legs out in front. Gymnast climb. 
Jennifer's looking at me like I'm making words yeah, up. Yeah, no, no, uh, no, I get it. I'm making words up. Uh, let's go ahead and take a little listen to Friday I'm in Love. Uh, this is, I'm going to look up his name. This is this is uh, Baldy McSpencerson's song. <laughs> Seriously, I'm going to punch you. I'm only doing it for you now. Thank you. Um, this, is, uh, this is Friday I'm in Love performed on the Kalipo Podcast. <laughs> it only Friday? It took six days to figure out. So, so this is a question I've actually always wondered this, and you've seen, you love The Cure. You've seen I The do. Cure I've seen him in concert. Yeah. yeah. You you even said that he kind of gave you the <gasps> eyes. Oh, no, he said, he, I said I saw him crack a smile. You saw him crack a I smile. I was in the third row. It's a big deal. Uh, so this, so I've always wondered this about this song, so Jennifer, I'm going to ask you, is it Friday I'm in love? Like this, is it this Friday I'm in love or is it every Friday I'm in love? Because as a child, I literally thought he was saying, I love you once a week. The other six days, not big thing. No, no. I took it as like, I met you on, you know, a Saturday and it took And then an- you're in love on Friday. Yeah. Uh-huh. I like that. That's, like that's, it was, like, to that's me, sweeter than mine. Yes. <laughs> like to me, it was like a progression, uh, you know, a building. And it only took seven days. All right, I'll buy it. Uh, so just to uh, just to recap, uh, Marshall Williams performed Spencer. Uh, Marshall Williams was a contestant on American Idol in 2007 and 2008. Ed, where were you on that? What? Good for him. Nothing. What Nothing. seasons were they? Did we watch those? Did we yeah, record you know, those? Yeah, that was uh, David Cook and Adam Lambert season. Uh, no, Canadian not, Idol. Not thank you, Alan. Canadian Idol. It at all. It's all Canadian. Canadian Idol. Different. Oh, Canadian. Oh, oh, what? Oh, yes. Canada. Oh, oh, Canada. Oh, that was the season. Oh, was it the season? Oh, season seven. Is that the, that's the season that Theo Tams won? And season six wow. is the season. I won't. No, mm, season six. I don't remember. Oh, I don't. Maybe I don't maybe it was JD Bixby, but that's okay. You're gonna make me look this up. Yeah, you go ahead and look that up. Wow. Uh, I'm, I'm, I can also tell you that uh, um, to shocking to no one, uh, Marsha Williams also modeled for Abercrombie and Fitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, shocking to me, and now I will be nice to him and call him Spencer and not uh, Baldy McBalderson. Uh, he was on one of my favorite TV shows entitled Being Erica, which never really came over to the U.S. But not a Canadian show. 
is a Canadian show. Uh, starring, starred Aaron Carpluck, and uh, I love being Erica. And right now, our one Canadian listener is like, "Good on you, Josh. Bob's your uncle." That's an Australian thing. So uh, we also had a little drama with the Wonder Twins this episode. Uh, Madison and Mason had a little bit of drama. Mason mm-hmm. apparently has a bit of a thing for Jane, and uh, he wanted to do a duet with Jane. Um, does anyone know what these duets were about? Apparently they made a big point in the first half of the episode about everybody find someone to do a duet with for the, for the bar mitzvah. mitzvah. And then once we got to the bar mitzvah, there was not a single duet. Was it a duet or were they just pairing up in groups to perform together? I thought it was, because it was, it was going to be the Wonder Twins and then Jane and Roderick were going to do something. Mm. I don't know. It was very strange. Again, you're thinking way too hard. <laughs> I know. Way too hard. Usually it takes like uh, several episodes to forget a detail like that. And they forgot it by, you know, two thirds of the way through yeah, the episode. Yeah, like the third commercial break. They were yeah. like, did we it's, say that? It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's totally fine. Yes. The um, the Wonder, Trin- Wonder Twins had a little strife. Um, <laughs> yeah. She she get she has a uh, good crazy eyes. She does have good crazy eyes. Now, Jennifer, we haven't talked too much about the Wonder Twins because there hasn't been that much to say. And we never knew their names. And we never knew their names. Uh, but uh, now that we've gotten a little bit more, mm-hmm. gotten to know Madison and Mason a little bit more, apparently uh, they didn't have a lot of familial or uh, parental supervision. And so mm-hmm. they kind of took care of each other. Uh, and... Um, I think that's it. But <laughs> any thoughts on the Wonder Twins as we've gotten to know them a little better? Um, well, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, it was it was nice to see um, a little bit more individual personality and not just the, you know, the creepy. Sorry. For people who are twins, I don't mean that all twins are creepy, but like they had a creepy closeness uh, that was... Um, <laughs> A, a little a little much at times but no it was nice it was nice to see a little uh individuality in them and um you know great mason stood up to his sister and thought it was kind of funny you know kind of cute when he enlisted the other guys the other two guys in the glee club to help out and it's like you know somebody's gonna take my sister please <laughs> and um yeah again you know in in, in an episode of very um uh, quick resolution and uh, change of heart. Uh, she eventually did it well. That's it. There's not a lot to say. Yeah, it there's not cute. too much to I say, mean, but it was cute. Yeah, it was cute. Um, and it was it was a very sweet moment when she came to him and and you know acknowledged that you know more than anything it was just hard to you know see her not be the only girl in his life now that i'm saying that's a little creepy again um <laughs> i mean i think that's the challenge is it's a little it, again it's just a little too little too late um but it's better than nothing i oh, mean i yeah. suppose if we're gonna have to if we've spent enough time with these characters it's nice to get something yeah to be able to remember them more than just as the uh you know wonder twins or flowers in the attic kids <laughs> ed any thoughts on the wonder twins um i thought the conflicts were potentially real and interesting so yeah yeah i mean absolutely absolutely real um, but just 
They're so, not really twins? I, no, they're not really twins. Wait, what? Laura Dreyfus and uh, Billy Lewis Jr. Uh, they're not really twins, and kidding. they don't have any other credits. Like, wow. as far as IMDb is concerned, they were hatched out of magical <gasps> eggs. I like him like with the shorter hair. Um, it's a much yeah, better look. They're really playing on how angular that dude is. He's got beautiful angles. Um, when he was yeah. dancing... I mean, he really was a rock star. I just, I, I'm not a big fan of the kind of pompadour thing in the front, but, um, but, but super cute, great stage presence. So, uh, I, I am able to find some stuff. Billy Lewis, uh, was in a, can, a touring company of Spring Awakening. Oh. So we do know that about Billy Lewis. Uh, and then Laura Dreyfus. Let's see if I can find anything out about her. Nope. So I can give you no information about uh, <laughs> Madison, the Wonder Twin. Uh, but we also got a little burgeoning love affair between Mason and Jane. Mm-hmm. Not much to say about that, but I'm I'm happy for them. Yeah. Seems nice. Yeah. Good young love. Yeah. Anyway, let's go ahead and take a <laughs> listen. Do hard. I want to break free? Uh, we did have two songs entitled Break Free in this episode. It's kind of fun. Uh, I want to break free and break free here's a bit of i want to break free as performed by uh mason mccarthy here on the gleeful podcast i want to break free from your lies you're so self-satisfied i don't need you i've got to break free This this version really bugs me because there is he sings it entirely by himself. Mm-hmm. And the best part of this song in the Queen version mm-hmm. is how they layer the vocals going further. So the vocals yeah. start very bare and then they get more and more layered and complex over yeah. the course of the episode. And also I feel like the music is kind of like more like tinny jukeboxy as opposed to kind of totally. bigger orchestra. Yeah. I was really waiting for that to burst out and it never did. And then, of course, we had uh, Mason and Jane kind of falling in love. Mm -hmm. Uh, Joey's baby in the chat room says, now this is a relationship I can buy. Uh, They did seem kind of cute together. I I think she's adorable. And I just feel like it's such wasted opportunity. (laughs) And it's like, okay, fine. I'm glad you're giving us something. But, you know, don't don't work too hard to make me rally against something you're just going to pull from me in three weeks. Mm, That's very true. Ed, what did you think of uh, Mason and Jane in this episode? I love them as a couple. I love them. They're like, <laughs> I, I buy it. I believe it. I more so than you. You po- you poke the holes in the Spencer, uh, Alistair. <laughs> but um, the 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 Mason Jane is like, 
They will have literally the most gorgeous babies mm-hmm. ever. So would they, ever. would they be Jason or Maine? What? I know, right? My girl. Had to had to make it happen. Uh that it's funny because we're so far into glee that like that's not even crossed anyone's mind. <laughs> like yeah. like like honestly, Tumblr would be much more interested in Salister. Uh, then I think they'll ever be wow um, interested in Jane, in in Maine. Spallister, Spallister, Spencer and Alistair. Yes, Spallister. Spallister. I like Spallister. Yeah, that one's a good one. Uh, we're just making these up. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, oh. if you type if you type in Mason and Glee, Mason and Jane, and then Glee is a suggestion. <laughs> nice, That's so, nice, impressive. Uh, so, according to the uh, chat room, uh, the Ma- Wonder Twins were together. Jane is a is a tag on Tumblr. Just wait. What is okay. what is a tag on Tumblr? Ma- Ma- the tag is Mason X Jane. It's a oh. tag on Tumblr. Nice. All right. Uh, also, according to the chat room, listener K says that uh, Laura, who plays Madison, uh, was in once. Nice. There you go. Okay. Took over for uh, Chris Milioti when she left to do How I Met Your Mother. Wow. So, uh, so yes. That's that's all we got. Yeah. Uh, so the episode ended with a rousing performance of. So here's another thing that I found confusing. So apparently, uh, Myron was supposed to go out for his big performance on stage, but uh, he got stuck in his in that pod he was in, yeah. and soiled his underpants, mm-hmm. um, and had to be taken off stage. And they said, "Hey." Um, you guys need to suck it up. I've got a good idea. You, you, come with me. You, you, come with me. Good thing they were all already mar- wearing matching outfits. Well, everybody was, was everybody was coordinated. Even Jane, uh, even Jane, even Jane Lynch had on the uh, you know blue sequin truck She did, and then they all did the dance at the end, yeah. which was supposed to be a surprise. No surprise. No. <laughs> no. No. Yeah, uh, it was. You know, it, yeah, it was, it was, it was a fun, it was a fun episode. <laughs> it was just, it, the episode was super fun, but filled with so many inconsistencies and introducing lots of random loose ends that I would yeah. love to, I don't know that we'll have a chance to follow through on. So yeah. it is, it was a very love-hate relationship. It was, yeah. if this was season four, I'd love it. Yeah. I'd love it. Oh my God. If this was season four, this, well, if this was season four, we would be still doing this in season eight. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Worth. Remember when Glee was big enough to have a national tour and have a t- uh, movie in theaters and be the Super Bowl leadoff show? Um, yep. we, All of those are we, true. We went to the movie. Uh, we went to the tour. We, we went to the tour. Yeah. I mean, oh. I go to tour. I went to the movie, oh, we're though. going to the Paley Fest. Yeah, we're going to the Paley Fest. Their, their farewell. Yeah, farewell, farewell Paley Fest. No, I was listening to old episodes of our podcast. It's amazing how much Glee stuff we did back in the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the events we used to go to. I mean, I went, I went to the Writers Guild to see an interview <gasps> with right. just Brad, Ian, and Ryan Murphy. That's right. And then you went to that thing in NoHo. That I didn't go to, oh, the, and you saw Darren yeah. Chris, which is now like a block from where we live. But yeah, that's where oh, I yeah, saw yeah. Darren Chris and Lindsay, and uh, and Unique, and I think Damien. Damien was there. Yes, thank wow. you. Damien was there. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Uh, it's just interesting, like looking back at how 
It's almost hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine League was ever popular. It is. When you watch episodes like this, you're kind of like, you have to remind yourself how important this show really was to us at the time. And I wonder if people are going to consider it to be important. Like, after the show wraps in a couple weeks, are we ever going to talk about Glee again? Well, I think I I said this in a previous episode. Like, people are going to use Glee as an example of, of... of this pivotal time in homosexuals being portrayed in media from season one to season six. Mm-hmm. No joke. It will be, it will be in college courses. That's question. good. I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, you know, I think, I think about like how obsessed we were with lost watching the TV show lost. And then the second that episode ended, we debated whether or not it was good for about a week. And then we pretty much forgot lost ever happened. But when it was happening, it was so vitally important to us. And then in, in, like to to compare that against something like Breaking Bad, which we still talk about all the time. Like mm-hmm. we talk about Ozymandias, we talk about like specific moments in that oh series, yeah, all the time. And well, Breaking Bad was also pretty hurt, hit and miss for it. You know, seasons two and three were pretty mediocre, but it really brought it home at the end. Right. Um, I. I, I would like to think that, you know, as fans it, in the years to come, people will continue discovering Glee. Um, but I I really don't know if its legacy, given the quality that it has had for the last couple of years, is really going to sustain it. I don't know that people are going to continue. You know, I I think it will. And I, re- I have a lot of hope that it will because, you know, we we've... You know, week by week, year by year, we've done this. So, you know, we've we've been through a lot with it, um, and it it's been more of a steady decline than a steady, you know, growth as far as quality. But I think, as a as a as a whole, when you look at like the body of work, I still think there's a lot of great stuff in there. And I think, as a unit, like on home video or you know digital it's it's i think it's really going to be something to future generations because i I mean i can't believe that it's just us and you know like we're starting to get emails and voicemails from people that you know have been you know either listening to us and watching us you know for at least the last four or five years and you know, these are the, the and, it, and it's fantastic, but, you know, for every person that actually reaches out, there's going to be, like, dozens more, I hope. And I think that there is really an audience for this, and I think that people will find something to connect to. And, it, and in the binge-watch generation that we're vastly approaching and are in the middle of, Glee, the, the flaws of Glee won't be an issue Yeah. in the, in the binge-watch. And that's an interesting point. It'll be interesting to see, like... If you binge watch this show, mm-hmm. will the inconsistency stand out? Will kind of, you know, a show that's really inconsistent when you binge watch it, it kind of all becomes white noise after a while and you're mm-hmm. really only noticing the big moments, which Glee does manage to have every oh, yeah. couple episodes, seriously big, memorable moments. Mm-hmm. Maybe that will kind of sustain it. Um, that's a really good point, Ed. I mean, I also think of a show like Smash, which everybody stopped watching after the first season. And then you go back and watch the second season. And even though no one was paying attention, the second season was really good. But no one will ever know because by the time that show got good, people had all stopped caring. Right. And I think, you know, when you compare 
you know, a show over six years like Glee versus a show over six years like Lost, there was so much pressure and so much expectation for the final episode of Lost. Yeah. And I think everybody was waiting to forgive all of the weirdness over, you know, seasons five and six because they believed with all of their heart that they were going to get the answer to the mystery of the island. Yeah. And they didn't. And well, I they think, did. They just weren't happy with the answer they got. Well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, they got not mm, not all of the okay. Yes, I guess in a, in a sense. So yes, nobody was happy with the just like with how I met your mother. Yeah, it's like every a, a lot of people felt very betrayed and hurt because so it was a show. Even, Leading up to one thing. They they were like, I'm going to stick through you. Whereas with Glee, by the time we get to the last episode, good or bad, it's essentially just going to be, you know, all of the, all of our Glee family, all of our Glamily, all all of us. One big happy Glamily. All of us just kind of arm in arm being like, hey, you know, goodbye to our friends. Right. And, and, you know, I mean, we... We got Kurt and Blaine's wedding. We got Santana and Brittany's wedding. So. Yeah. I like that. I mean, it's like at this point we can just focus on, you know, the good things that we're getting. And I really think it's going to be okay. Like, I really think that this will, um, you know, have a life and, and, and still connect with future generations. I like that. that I, I, I think this show... I'm afraid to say this, but I think it's going to it's going to pull off its season finale, like it's or a series finale, like it's gonna it's gonna kill it. It's like, gonna nail the landing. It's, <laughs> it's gonna nail the landing. I th- it's gonna end with Rachel uploading a video of her leading uh, leading uh, her Glee choir in a song to YouTube, and that is and that will satisfy us. And then it's gonna be like <laughs> it's gonna work out. It's gonna work out. It's gonna. I like that idea. I have faith. I have faith. I'm gonna. I'm a little nervous though. Um, <laughs> it looks like we have one episode for the next two weeks, and the finale episode week we have two episodes. It looks yes. like on the schedule. For the record, that's what for I heard. The... Um, well, cool. Well, let's. Well, let's real quick. We'll take a listen to Uptown Funk just because. Fucking love the song, and then we'll come back uh, and we nice will. Um, yeah, explicit. Uh, we got the explicit tag just for that. Uh, and then we'll come back and we'll listen to some voicemails. Here's a bit of Uptown Funk on the Gleeful Podcast. This hit that ice cold, Michelle fight for that white gold. This one for them hood girls, them good girls, straight masterpieces. Styling, wildin', living it up in the city. Got chucks on with sailor Laurent. Gotta kiss myself, I'm so pretty. I'm too hot, hot day. Uh, call the police and the fireman. I'm too hot. Make a dragon wanna retire, man I'm too hot, hot day Say my name, you know who I am I'm too hot, hot day I'm a bam, bow, that money, break it down Girls hit you, hallelujah Girls hit you, hallelujah Girls hit you, hallelujah Cause Uptown Punk gon' give it to you Cause Uptown Punk gon' give it to you Cause Uptown Punk gon' give it to you Saturday night, we in the spot Don't believe me, just watch Best part of this song 
is uh, Mark Ronson's per- Purple Shoes in the music video. <laughs> no, my the best part of the song is the is the opening verse and the and the bridge. That's true. <laughs> it, it's just this song is just killer. Like I'm not a big fan of either of them. I like them both, but I'm not like a diehard fan of either. But this but song is so much. Valerie is my jam. Valerie is money, no question. And and pretty much everything on All Right Still is great. But Mark Ronson, he can be a bit hit or miss. Um, so let's go out and listen to a couple voicemails before we go. We got some very nice comments from the listeners. And let's start with a few of them. If I can find where we start. Here's the one. All right. Uh, here we go. Hey, guys. Listen to Sammy here. Okay, story time. I was watching the last song of tonight's episode, Cool Kids. And I realized I was crying. And I was like, what the heck? It wasn't sad, it wasn't poignant, it wasn't over-the-top happy, why was I crying? Then I realized, I was crying because this episode reminded me of why I fell in love with the show and what used to be so great about it. It felt like an episode from season one or two, complete with a really awkward comedy in the beginning that made me cringe, but ultimately set up the conflict for the episode. Honestly, since the last two episodes were so good, I made it a point to ignore the bad things if the good things outweighed them, and so far they have, so I will not comment on the bad things or the things that I didn't like, and instead keep it positive. Okay, so the music is 100% awesome. I wasn't on board with Spencer as a singer, and I'm still not totally, but I love the other four kids, and I wish we'd gotten to hear a little bit more of Madison. She's the only one so far who hasn't really gotten a chance to shine, and I had heard Cool Kids was in this episode and was really hoping it was going to be her, but oh well. That's my own complaint. Not too bad. And Uptown Funk, well, that will never fail to get me smiling and dancing, mm-hmm. and they did a good job. They could have arranged the instrumentals a little better because that song is funky and you need to be able to hear the music over the vocals. But it was a great performance and it had me dancing, so it was all good. Okay, also, where has Mason McCarthy been all of Lee's life? <laughs> I mean, if they'd brought these kids in during season four, Mason would be an American heartthrob by now, and Glee might not be, de- be ending. Seriously, this episode made me want to start a petition to get these kids a spin-off. Sue and Will's back and forth in the choir was pretty hysterical because they were both right, and those are the best type of ranting arguments on this show. Now, Myron, oh, Myron, when he first came out on stage <laughs> to do that Destiny's Child number and he was singing, and he had the tearaway suit and everything, I was like, is that a young Kurt Hummel? And then he opened his mouth. Now, I get why everyone is annoyed that he's joining the club, but I'd like to think it will be a good influence on him, and he can sing and dance like crazy, so I remain optimistic. Okay, so do Jane and Mason have a ship name yet? Because I'm on it. Jason? <laughs> Maine? Nah, those don't work. Anyway, also, even though the dude playing Spencer's love interest looks older than me, and I'm turning 30 this week. <gasps> anyways, I still like them. Happy birthday. And I like how Spencer toned, uh, Spencer toned it down and became a better person by the end of the episode. Because you want to root for him, but he makes it hard. Hmm, kind of sounds like a, a young Noah Puppelman. Okay, I can hear the Oscar playoff music, so I'll wrap it up. In short, yet another episode I love. It brought it back to the Glee heyday without being a nostalgia fest of alumni. That was something I didn't even realize my heart was missing until I watched this episode. So, once again, kudos, Glee. Keep up the great work. You're in the home stretch. Thank you, Sammy. Uh, All right, here we have one. I think this is in New York. Hey, Justin, and this is Ken from New York City. I'm just calling in with my thoughts about the latest episode. I also um, wanted to talk about how I felt so sad about the show finally done, being done filming. 
um, Lee and Michelle walking off a set with Corey Monteith's, uh, well, basically, Sin's jersey off a set was pretty sad when I saw that. Um, now on to the episode. I kind of really liked the 3.0 focus and um, in the episode. I also found it very weird that Roderick and Spencer had like such a quick fight and then reconciliation and then now they're friends. It just kind of felt very forced and something that could have actually spanned for two or three episodes. But instead, because they had this short amount of time, they kind of squished it together and it felt very disingenuous. Um, also, does anyone really climb ropes in schools anymore? I mean, <laughs> I've never had that in any of my schools, but uh, <laughs> that's what happens in Lima, Ohio. Um, my favorite song and performance of the episodes was Uptown Funks and Cool Kids. Cool Kids really remind me of old school Chloe. And um, so far from the new characters, I kind of prefer Myron over Alistair just because Myron was a little bit funnier and did crazier things than Alistair who was kind of just there with his hair and his ukulele. <laughs> Anyways, I love the podcast. I've been listening to you guys forever and I'm going to be sad to see this amazing podcast go and listening to you guys every week all right have a good night bye thank you yeah that's very sweet that's yeah uh listener joey's baby in the chat room said that jane and mason's name should be mchayward because he's mccarthy and she's jane hayward oh i like mchayward yeah mchayward's kind of clever uh let's go oh this one this one's from far away hi josh john and ed uh this is kathy calling from the uk um, I'm ringing up to leave you a voicemail. Uh, I wanted to get my call in before the season ends. I've been a huge Glee fan, fan right from the beginning, and a fan of your podcast too. I bought a T-shirt, um, even wore Aww. it to a convention and had Stephen Tobolowsky admire it once. Awesome. Anyway, uh, calling about this week's episode, Child Star, uh, which I believe was Leah Michelle's nickname on the uh, on the set. <laughs> um, not the greatest episode in the world. Uh, but I think they were pretty clever to uh, introduce the new characters near the beginning and kind of leave us wanting to know a little bit more about them. And after the double wedding last week, I suppose this was the one where we would uh, find out a bit more about them. Um, and, and it was nice. It was nice to see a bit, but I don't really think we necessarily want to see a lot more of them. Um, I quite liked that Spencer got a new boyfriend, sort of. Alistair seems kind of okay, but, you know, not a lot about him. That new Myron kid, phew, what a brat. But, uh, <laughs> but he's got talent, I suppose, uh, and they do need the members, so I guess beggars can't be choosers. Um, musically, well, it was fantastic to have a song by The Cure, who I love. Um, the rest, okay, sort of. Um, so, you know, the season so far, it's, it is fan service. We've all been, you know, wanting to to enjoy these last few episodes um, and I, I can't wait to see how they end it even if I'm a bit worried um, one final thought I've been wondering what they're going to do as their very final song it'll probably be Don't Stop Believing but um, mm -hmm. I'd like to hear maybe something like say Abba's Thank You for the Music what do you think their last song should be love your podcast can't wait, wait to mm -hmm. hear your thoughts well, bye being that you're a UK listener the first thing that comes to mind is, is Queen's uh, show must go on Aw, but wow. that's a really aggressive okay, song. Candy, I would love a, that. That's a good challenge for the for the groove. Ed, any Although thoughts I... on the last song? Mm. Of uh, so 
some people might know it. I mean, I know, I actually know what it is, but I'm not gonna. Oh. I would never say it on the show. Oh, okay. Ed, I mean, I I feel like can't fight this feeling wouldn't be terrible. I mean, choice. can't fight this feeling or just any of the journey Finn stuff. I think would be amazing. I th- I think anything I mean, in that the, vibe. They would do be. lights. It lists, I would and unfortunately list the first song oh. on Glee as Shining Star, which I wouldn't hate. But I just not if that's not I'd rather have Show Mask. That I'm all yeah. <laughs> Amelia Lily killed that back in Boom. season eight of X Factor UK. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> wow! Just kidding, okay, but not that's, really. That's she, gonna be that'll be a fun little challenge. We should have, you know, put that out to the listeners to see. Well, unless well, they got, actually know, listeners, <laughs> yeah. don't spoil it. Be- if you know, don't because spoil it. But um, what do you think they should do? What should be the last? What would uh, your song favorite final song on Glee be? Love it. Great idea, Kathy. Uh, we got a couple more voicemails. Here we go. Hey there, Gleeful. Uh, Joey's Baby 956 here coming at you from indoors for once. Yes. <laughs> you sound so much warmer. Um, I'm calling Aww. in about Child Star, uh, episode nine. I absolutely loved this episode. I thought it was so much fun. I could not stop smiling um, through the entire episode. I love seeing these new kids, the 3.0s, kind of take center stage for once. And uh, it makes me really sad at the same time because I know that we don't get as much time with them as I would have liked to. And it also just makes me sad because we really should have had such a dynamic, awesome, unique, and talented group of individuals like this back in season four. Like, things could have turned out so much differently um, if they had, I mean, if they had a cast that was like this. I mean, they're just, they're so funny and unique and lovely. And I am so bummed out that... We don't get more time with these awesome characters that I've fallen totally in love with just in the small, small amount of episodes, just in what we've seen, because they're just amazing. Um, I love. Oh, and you got cut (gasps) off. You never get cut off when you're outside. Uh, oh, <laughs> she she wrote that in the chat room. I should stick to outside though, because I ran a bit long and got cut off. Aww. Uh, here is. Well, I'm uh, glad you didn't freeze. <laughs> here's another listener. Hey, Josh, Jen, and Ed. I hate <laughs> leaving voicemails, but um, I haven't been able to get to the podcast because it feels like a pop-up podcast. So yeah. I should stop whining because I'm very grateful for the. Um, show and I just wanted to comment on Child Star and I was going to give it a C plus because I really didn't like the songs all that much but I found myself thinking about them a lot so I'm upgrading it to a B minus. I am glad we got some exposition with the 3.0s and they did prove to be capable of handling storylines so good for them and, and I hope they get maybe a little bit more. We probably can't. That was probably their storyline. We're hoping getting something. I thought that Spencer made a interesting, nasty, dumb, big character. Um, <laughs> and he was actually quite cute in in love, having a crush. Although I thought that Alistair looked like Stoner Brett's thirty-year-old brother. <laughs> yes, um, good point. I liked Madison and Matt Mason a lot, and I thought their heart-to-heart would have been more interesting if they had used their psychic inside voices, and we just got subtitles. That's so true. 
That would have been awesome. And I was thought that I disliked Myron because I dislike most child performers when they're not on Annie. But I realized that having Myron on utterly destroys the fragile illusion that we're watching high schoolers. <laughs> and for sectionals, which I'm guessing is going to be the finale, New Directions should probably go up against the real high school glee clubs um, so we can really see how old everybody is. <laughs> I'm with Josh, and I'm sure they will pull in the 2.0s to make up the needed 12, although I thought uh, Sue might do that, but she's now evil crazy Sue. I started listening to the podcast in about the third season when my husband lost interest in the show, and none of my friends were seriously watching it, and I went looking for somebody to, if not talk with, at least uh, listen about it and <laughs> give me food for thought. And I found about three or four podcasts, and you guys were definitely the most mature and intelligent of them all. So I've been listening ever since and very grateful. And I'm almost out of the three minutes, so I just am glad that you guys stuck it throughout all the seasons. And, Ed, I hope you make it out to California, but San Francisco is way too expensive for anybody not in tech. So <laughs> go to Oakland. This is actually a cool town um, and lots of fun. Okay, bye-bye. You're in Oakland, Ed. I, I would go for Oakland. Yeah, I would go for Oakland. that. Um, yes, I, I think that. Uh, uh, what, what, I, I, I think that we should we should put that on our business card. Uh, gleeful, most intelligent, and mature. It's <laughs> adorable. Uh, so we got a call from Santa Maria. I just wanted to say thank you for calling. Your email, your voicemail was like scrambled and cut off, so I wasn't able. To, I'm not going to play it, <laughs> but I wanted to send a shout out to Santa Maria because I spent um, eight of the worst years of my life in San Luis Obispo. So uh, what what Santa Maria? Here is let's go to a place that's not Santa Maria, and this is a uh, Michigan. Hey, Emily. Josh, Jen, and Ed. This is listener Emily, and this week's three word review is kind of more of a topic for discussion. I like Myron, and I know that I shouldn't. I've already been called out by other fans for enjoying him. I'm not sure what is wrong with me, but I found the kid entertaining. Yes, I wanted to smack him just about every time he opened his mouth, but he was also really funny. I loved his scenes with Sue. His scenes with Kitty were just ridiculously funny at the same time I kind of feel for the kid I get the sense that this kid has never heard the word no and has no friends and so I've got to say I'm enjoying Myron I know I shouldn't be I also think the kid is insanely talented so I'm up for seeing more Myron is that wrong let me know you guys have a great <laughs> night and love the podcast bye I mean, a little wrong, like not super wrong. <laughs> there are wronger things. Um, but he's right. Has the right to their Glee's, own opinion. Exactly. That's what Glee has taught us. Uh, one more voicemail from all the way down in Florida. Hey, this is listener Stephen from Tampa, Florida. Calling to talk about the episode Child Star. So Sue has assaulted students verbally and physically. Blackmailed Figgins wrestled the Will Schuster, unlawfully imprisoned Blaine in Portland in an elevator, somehow banished for the two ponos to other schools against their will, <laughs> and now has allowed a superintendent to have his 13-year-old nephew enter the ninth grade unethically so he can join the Glee Club. By all accounts, uh, Sue should be in prison, yet here we are. Uh, <laughs> but 
anything just to get the club to 12, the writers will do. Um, I love Glee, and I learned to hate watch it to the bitter end, in spite of it ignoring the convention called Logic. It's hilarious heartbreak if it were such a thing. Um, as for Spencer's new boyfriend, who was the other new member, who cares? The 3.0's got an episode finally, and with only three weeks or so until the finale, we won't easily remember these names or how they came about. Uh, Jane got all the wrong type of attention as a plot device, just a plot device for Mason's sudden and overt heterosexuality. I thought he was gay or assumed, I don't know. Um, and somehow Sue and Sheldon were shoehorned into a performance to give us one last hurrah as rarely seen performers. So I'm going to give Child Star a generous, super generous C minus. Well, thank you very much, listener Stephen. Um, and uh, Hilarious Heartbreak is the name of my new band. Um, <laughs> and that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, if you'd like to weigh in on anything we said here tonight, you can email us at gleepopodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at gleepopodcast. I'm at Josh Brunell. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. And you can also find us on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and search for Gleeful Podcast Ed. We are currently listening to Cool Kids, and now I need you to tell me that this song isn't horrible because I thought it was horrible. You're looking to the wrong person for All that right. one. Jennifer, what's uh, on Cool Kids? Cool Kids, I have issues with this song. <laughs> Not as many issues as I have with Megan Trainer, but. Mm. <laughs> Jennifer, thoughts on Cool Kids? You know. The thing that I really enjoyed, yes, not a fan of the song, but could not deny the, you know, the, the happiness just seeing them perform, you know, seeing them all back in t-shirts and jeans, like the beginning, being fun and goofy and playful and interactive with one another. Mm. That just, you know. That's funny because like, it was like step dancing. It just like, I hated the choreography I, in this well, movie. No, I, well, I didn't even like acknowledge it as choreography as much as just goofing around all right it would have been cool to see them do more goofing around because it was like there was a lot of like kickball changes in this number (laughs) nothing okay uh well (laughs) okay yes kickball change there you go uh for the gleeful podcast with josh jen and ed i am josh i'm jen and despite shirin almost getting voted off uh week one of survivor i she's still my winner pick I might be I might be crazy though. <laughs> we shall find out. Or you shall find out because I don't watch it. I, I know. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it still brings in nine million viewers, so Oh it's massive. Yeah, but... Isn't this their thirtieth season? This is in fact the thirtieth season. That is insanity. Thirtieth season of Survivor. So many consumed bugs. Wow. So many. They don't do. That's been a long so time since the gross food spits. challenge. Yes. <laughs> that's so, that's so that like 2003 and before. Do they just give them food now or do they still make them like provision for their own food? No, they just, they, they, they around season 20, they just say, they just handed them bunches of rice and beans. Like they don't, <laughs> they don't, they, it, it, shockingly, it was a more entertaining show when the people were, were nourished. Shockingly, <laughs> so they decided to nourish them. All right. Well, for the Cleveland Podcast with Josh, Jen, and Ed, I'm Josh. I'm Jen again. Peace out. Good night, everyone. <laughs>